Hi, this is Reem Halabi joining you from ESC 2017. It is my pleasure to be joined today by Dr. Elena Dominguez, who just presented LAX. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here. Uh, could you tell us about the background of the study? Yes, the background of the study is uh, the fact that we observed a lot of uh, uh, strokes in patients that had undergone surgery, heart surgery, and uh, in many cases they had atrial fibrillation just after the operation, which uh, is often considered as just a phenomenon and not a definite diagnosis. So, um, since the most of it, many cases it will uh, recur they are probably having atrial fibrillation and not just a phenomenon. So it is so, it's the reason of their strokes later. So since the, uh, most of the uh, thrombi that are uh, formed in the atrium are from the appendage, it is uh, closed uh, with uh, devices, and now we know that it's with uh, success. At the time we were thinking on the, on the study, the, the, there, was, uh, there were uh, emerging uh, some the first results of the device closure with percutaneous closure. And surgeons had been doing closure for years, but uh, I thought, well, where is the evidence? Mm. <laughs> so uh, there was not, not existent. So that we needed evidence. So we decided to go on to do a randomized trial uh, on itral fibrillation. This is a single center trial. Therefore, we had to ensure we had enough uh, numbers to prove uh, the concept mm -hmm. and the uh, hypothesis. So we uh, randomized them uh, to closure or not closure, but uh, stratified for the use of anticoagulation, because it would be obviously a confounder. And, uh, and then we included uh, 205 patients. We randomized 185, and uh, we... Uh, they followed the protocol uh, only for 141 because uh, there was a lot of crossover. We expected that mm -hmm. uh, because we knew that it was going to be difficult to uh, tell the surgeons uh, to close it when the randomization was closing. We know that could be a challenge to make them do it or that was just what we expected. On the other hand, we saw many surgeons very happy with closing the appendage, uh, and actually five of them did it while we had randomized to closure. Mm -hmm. So we did so with a little bit uh, a typical uh, procedure. So we had the block randomization of 16 uh, patients mm -hmm. in the blocks, one-to-one uh, -one in the groups, but we automatically monitored if there would be too many crossovers, more than when we reached the number of four in either case, the next block was going to be three to one in favor of the procedure that was not done, or the closure, or the non-closure. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and this, this is how it looks a bit funny with the numbers that are most in the intention to treat analysis. We had 185 patients. Uh, and we had uh, most in the closure group, but in the intention to treat, it turns to be more balanced. That, mm -hmm. That's the reason. And then uh, after we had uh, a follow-up of up to six years, mm -hmm. and the endpoint was a combined endpoint of stroke and uh, transitory ischemic attack combined with any imaging that could tell us uh, there was a fresh infarction. And we intended uh, in this study to make MRI on all patients mm -hmm. that was uh, fraught with baseline 
post-operative, and, and at least six months later, mm -hmm. follow-up, and uh, for a part of the combined endpoint, but uh, it was very challenging to ask the patients to participate in MRI just after discharge mm -hmm. from the operation, so only 73 actually did the MRI. But, so we actually expected that the novel thing here is that we, or the surprising thing is that we didn't expect uh, to see enough power mm -hmm. to, to see some uh, results, but uh, surprisingly they did. Yeah, so uh, tell us more about the results. Yeah, it's uh, the, the, the group uh, that had intention to treat analysis we had uh, 14 patients in the open group that had uh, strokes or imaging of fresh infarction, mm -hmm. and in the closed group there were five. Then when we did the intention to treat, which was 141 patients, we had uh, 14 patients in the open uh, group and uh, four in the closed group. So p-values were 0.02 and 0.04, and uh, the and then, so it looked significant. So that, that was the surprise for us, that we could see uh, actually a signal of, of, of effect. Mm -hmm. We also uh, restricted the, the analysis to, to with a secondary analysis, uh, subgroup analysis of only stroke and, uh, and transitory ischemic attack. Mm -hmm. And then we had eight and three. So uh, the p-value is 0 0.07, 0 0.09 in the intention to treat and in the protocol. But this was again with the same, showing the same trend. So that, that this looks encouraging, but of course we need to replicate this data in a larger scale and we are trying to move on to LAGS2 mm -hmm. uh, in multi-center. We need uh, to have numbers uh, equivalent to stroke, uh, so that is 2,000, 3,000 patients. I see. And internationally, so we represent a broad population. All right, so what are major key points you would like to share with us? That it's here we included all patients that regardless of having eye fibrillation diagnosed before the operation, mm -hmm. uh, only 17% had it. So it seems that we can protect the, the brain from infractions related to eye fibrillation when on occasion of uh, an open heart surgery, you add the procedure. Uh, so uh, this is regardless of the known uh, diagnosis of vital fibrillation. So that is uh, the key, mm -hmm. but remains to be confirmed in mm -hmm. a larger trial. All right. Congratulations on the results, thank and thank you. you for joining us today. Thank you very much. I would like to thank the audience as well for joining us thank today. You.